Monday, everybody, and welcome back to the Couchside Judges. I'm Scott Fontana. Follow me on Twitter at Scott underscore Fontana. And I'm Dan Urban. Follow me at the Dan Urban. Follow the podcast at Couchside Judges. And subscribe to us wherever you listen. And you know you want to give us that five-star review because it's about time. And as always, we talk judging in MMA, so head on over to abcboxing.com, read the criteria. Dan, it was a little touch and go that we were uh, going to have this show it's after after mm-hmm. the... Uh... Not on my end. I'm no, 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 absolutely. It was not on your end. It was 100% on my end. I was, I was, no, nah, I was done with you. Wanted to wash my hands of you. Um, why? For such a petty reason is because, well, your team beat my team in football. So that's, that's kind of all it needs to be. Giants are back. Super Bowl is still on. Yeah. I still feel like if we don't fumble those stupid uh, opening kickoff for starters and then another one in our own territory uh, in the first quarter, then I feel like we have a much better chance. I mean, we drew it up that way. Yeah, that's that's exactly what it was. Mm -hmm. I do miss uh, having uh, Andre Roberts supposed to be our uh, normal kickoff guy, and he's been out. So he's out now. Yeah, he's out for a little while. So Chuba Hubbard let me down. I was not Mm. happy about that one. All right. Very unfortunate. But uh, yeah, we're here. The show did not implode. (laughs) Um, Cooler heads prevailed. And, uh, yeah. and yeah. probably because it was a one o'clock game. Yeah, had a lot I, of time to cool I had off. a lot more time to cool off. You know, <laughs> it, it, I'm feeling better now. So, uh, yeah, we, we can do it. We can we, we've weathered the storm. Also, for you lucky West Coasters, one o'clock is the first set of games for us. Yeah. That's, well, they know they they okay. know what it is. They wake okay. up and, and it's like, oh, hey, it's it's I'm going to I'm going to have my breakfast and then I'll watch some football. Yep. Like, well, that's nice. That's kind of nice. And 7 p.m. It's all over. Yeah. It is weird. Yeah. And then what do you do? I guess you just have the rest of your night ahead of you to... Yeah, you just do whatever you want. Yeah. It's very strange. (laughs) I'll never understand it. I mean, I do, but you know, it's weird. Yeah. Never lived that lifestyle. I've been to California a couple times. Mm. Um, Been a while. Like, gosh, 12 years now, I think, since since I've been to California. It's been a while. No, we're not going to do that. Uh, (laughs) Let's (laughs) let's get into this, sir. And actually, before we even get into the fights like we normally do... Man, we got to acknowledge the the big news that came uh came our way Sunday morning. Yeah. And that is that Jose Aldo apparently has decided to retire from this sport. Now, as, you know, someone like say like Son Sheehan might say, uh looking forward to the next one. <laughs> But I'm going to take the man at his word for now, and absolutely uh, acknowledge that. Yeah, maybe this is this is the end. This is the last time we've seen Jose Aldo uh, in mixed martial arts competition. Perhaps maybe there's doors open for other things. Who knows? But yeah, it's it's kind of wild to think about because, especially for me, when when I started watching, like I just remember he was this like new young thing at 145 pounds when I was watching WBC, and now he's not only is he kind of like the old gun but now he's he's really hanging him up after a good long career yeah so uh yeah it's, it almost makes you contemplate your own mortality i guess <laughs> in a way in a way yeah i guess he probably he wanted one last run at the title he gave a very valiant effort and came up a tad bit short and said you know what it's, it's time i'm not surprised so. like i'm not honestly surprised that this happened like when i saw it it was like oh it was unfortunate but it's like you know what i get it because i think what it was is that he he didn't want to be someone who just stuck around like he thought he had another chance at a championship mm-hmm. that's why he was still yeah. in it and up until that point there was no reason to walk away but but if he's not going to and i i think 
it was probably pretty clear that yes, his his pathway to a championship had just about closed uh, with that loss to Mirabdavalishvili. So I I'm not surprised at all that that he's like you know what I'm just gonna just gonna head in the other way. I'm gonna do something else now. So good on him. Yeah, good for him. Yeah. What's uh. What, what when you think back on Jose Aldo? Because I feel like you you haven't always loved Jose Aldo. I me and him have a love hate relationship a bit. Mm-hmm. A lot of a lot of pulling out of fights. Is that what he hates about you too? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, the one that got me was him getting injured on like a Vespa, <laughs> like riding barefoot or something. I think it was a foot injury. Well, but is this um, really is that the thing that like you think of no, most from his time? What no, do you, when, when I think you think of Jose Aldo, like let's say in a couple years. He's, you know, he's had a little time away from him. He hasn't come back. He's, maybe we're not even hearing his name very often anymore. Yeah. Someone says Jose Aldo. What are you thinking of? I think of Uriah Faber's leg the next day when he showed the picture of it. <laughs> yeah. Just completely purple. That was brutal. Uh, that was brutal. The knee to Chad Mendez's head. Yep. Indelible image like, there. Crazy. Uh, the the knot he put on um, Mark Hominick. Mark Hominick's mm-hmm. head. I remember that one. A lot of damages. A lot, where, a lot of, a lot of grotesqueries yeah. there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that, that's, that's really what I think of. Leg kicks, of course. The lack of leg kicks later on. <laughs> yeah, unfortunately. So, but yeah, marvelous career. I, I think of, for me, it's really just the fact that this was someone who was a dominant champion for just such a long time. You know, it, it's really hard to be on top for so long. And, and was he the most active champion throughout? Not necessarily, but... Still turned away all comers whenever whenever they were able to get it together and get in the cage and everything like that. He he was the champion from uh, I believe it was 2010 when he became the WEC champ, and then until he lost to uh, Conor McGregor at the end of 2015, right? Yeah, that's a five year reign. You he just don't see a lot of that. 2009, he beat Mike Brown. It was 2009. Yeah, there you go. So, so it was actually six years. Mm-hmm. Six year reign. Think about it. Like we we looked at the reign of. Kamara Usman as dominant, right? An impressive run, and it absolutely was. And his championship reign lasted about three and a half years, which still really fantastic, but almost double that. That's what Jose Aldo was able to do. And I still feel, and he was also able to become the champion again because, of course, the man who beat him decided, I don't want to fight you again. I'm going to move up. So <laughs> that was that yeah. was what happened. And he was able to, to reign over the division yet again. I mean, I, I will remember his dominance for over a length of period of time, and I think that's what makes it so impressive to me. Yeah, he was he was the guy. He might be he might be one of the reasons we have the lighter weight classes in the UFC. I think he's definitely a good reason for it being there. I mean, Uriah Faber was the star mm-hmm. that brought everything over. Like he wasn't yeah. the best anymore at that at that either weight class because he, he moved down to thirty five at this point. But he wasn't the best, but he was the face of it. But then you had you know credible champions like. Jose Aldo. And yeah. then they had that t- that fight between the two of them, which I think only lent even more credibility to Jose uh, with yeah. like more casual fans. Uh, you know, it's funny because Uriah, like he actually was like a reasonably well-known name. Like there's a lot of I've talked. I was talking to um, I was talking to Corey Sanhagen last week mm-hmm. of, of head of the fight. And he said that his first experience watching mixed martial arts, because he had already practiced martial arts, right? But he'd never really sat down and, I guess, watched it until he was watching WEC. Mm-hmm. He would watch that at night. So it was guys like Faber. Like, people knew Faber's name, right? Mm-hmm. And then Aldo comes along and, and he beats Faber, and it just makes it a lot more credible, I guess, for everybody else, right? So, yeah, I, I think he was just such an important figure for those lighter weights, like you're saying. 
Um, and, and he was the first dominant lighter weight champion. And I think that actually includes 155 because, you know, BJ Penn is as, as amazing as he was, his, his range just didn't last as long at that particular weight class. Cause he bounced around so much. Right. I know it's hard for you to say that, but uh, like BJ Penn has the absolute best lightweight run there is. And it's lightweight. Like, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So I can't compare it right now. All right. That's fair. That's fair. I understand. There's, there's no compare BJ's lightweight run is the best run at 155. And but it's, it's only it's a couple fights is what I'm saying. Four fights. All right. It's a good amount of fights, but but yeah. we're talking about how many fights from Jose Aldo is what I'm saying. Okay. Anyway, we should move forward, though. I, I brought up uh, Corey Sanhagen, of course. Let me try that again. I brought up Corey Sanhagen, of course. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what came out of me the first time, but uh, yeah, obviously he looked uh, he looked pretty damn uh, damn good in there on Saturday night. Especially from the point that he opened up that giant gash on Song Yeah, Yenong. that was a turning point of the fight. It, well, clearly. So. I mean, it ended up being the reason why the fight ended, uh, as we all know. But good win for him. I know it's not the way he kind of... He, he definitely wanted... You could tell like when it was waved off, he was like, oh, no, you could see it in his face. Mm-hmm. Like He wanted to keep going. But, I mean, it, it's just like DC pointed out in the cage, like... It ended because of what he did. Mm-hmm. You know, it was yeah. there was nothing BS about it. He no. caused a monstrous cut. He was very willing to um, try and open that cut up a little more. He's rubbing his head in it and everything like that. Like, this is a natural, uh, you know, a natural extension of what was happening there. So it went the way, ostensibly, he was trying to make it go, right? Mm-hmm. But what is next for this guy? What is next for Corey Sanhagen? He already lost to, to Peter Yam, but, you know, the current champion also beat him too. But there's there's some other guys out there. It's, it's, it's kind of a, a very yeah. chock full of talent. Uh, 135 right now, but you know, if, if he can knock off some of these guys, maybe he gets there. Like, what do you, what do you want next? So, for him? I don't, I don't know exactly what I want next, but I, I could see them. You know, maybe you go Chito Vera, you go maybe Mirab. Yeah, those P- are the names I think he P- wants. Peter Yan's already booked against uh, O'Malley. Uh, Dillashaw's fighting for the belt with Aljo, so uh, one of those two probably. M- Mirab or yeah. uh, or Chito, yeah. In a I- perfect world, we do a round robin, but. I don't fight that often. Yeah, I, I could so. see. I think I could see uh, Cheeto Vera being next for him. Honestly, that that's almost the mm-hmm. one that makes the most sense. It's probably the most most fun mm-hmm. of the two. Although, if uh, if options. they do end up going to Cheeto next, let's say you know, let's say that uh, Aljamain Sterling wins, right? Yeah. Let's say he retains his belt uh, against TJ Lozano. He's not going to fight Mirab, so Mirab's out of there, right? Mirab's going to need an opponent, right? So then it really comes down to, yeah, it's probably Cheeto's turn. So then, yeah, I think it would make more sense to go to Murab Devalishvili. But if it goes the other way, I mean, a lot of things change. So. Yeah, two months away, or a month, mm-hmm. month away. Yeah, month yeah, away. Wow, all right. And that one's in, that was in Abu Dhabi. I, I haven't looked, I got to double check it, but I think that one, because they, they tend to do Abu Dhabi on local time over there, that might end up being an afternoon over in the United States card. We like that. I love it. I think it's fantastic. <laughs> Because then I can do everything I need to do for work, and <laughs> I can write my column during the daytime instead of three in the morning, mm-hmm. and it just makes me feel better. Yeah, physically. Yep, and I like that. <laughs> yeah, I like to feel good. But yeah, so I, I think Sanhagen, uh, Cheeto would probably be like you said. I think I echo what you say. Mm-hmm. Um, that would be the more fun. Yeah. But actually, as I've talked it out with you, I think probably Mara makes more sense as what could happen, as long as you know things happen, right? We kind of have to wait for things to shake out. So. 
Yeah, we really got to see how it goes. I do hope we get to see him again uh, this year. He was, he was saying maybe a, a Christmas present in December, right? So okay. hopefully, hopefully a December fight that would be that would be fun. I'm good with that. Yeah. Um, what about Song? You know, uh, this I don't think he looked bad in this fight he did. whatsoever. I know. No. You know, he was on, on the cards. He was right in the fight. If it went to a fifth round, if they were allowed hurt. to do a fifth round, yeah. But if they were allowed to do that fifth round, then that fight would whoever won the fifth round would have won. It would have probably been a split decision if, if it went uh, Song's way. But, but And we'll get to why in a little bit. But realistically from Song, he's so young. He's going to be 25 later this year. And he's been fighting a long time already in the UFC. But he's still a young guy. Do you see championship level upside from him? Because we're talking about a bunch of people that are already in the mix for the championship. It's very crowded up there. This is a setback, but not a giant one. And he's still, like I said, very young. Do you think he can kind of crash the party and get yeah, to maybe sure. at least get to a championship shot? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, he's he's good, and he's so, like you said, he's so young. So and he's at you know he's at a solid camp. You know, team alpha male. Like you know, they they have have they always had success? Not necessarily, but I think there's a lot of talent around there that that tends to flock there. Or at t- team alpha, it's not team alpha. Fighter. Now it's Team Alpha Fighter, I think, right? They changed the name. I have no idea. I think they changed it. It's oh, okay. not Alpha Male anymore yeah. because they all they also have female fighters there. So I think that was the mm-hmm. the thinking there. I think they changed it. Uh we'll have to check that. But yeah. I, I agree with you. I think he's definitely got championship level upside. I think he can prove a lot as he continues to grow and become he's not even in his le- athletic prime, like well, not here, here's close. the thing. These guys ahead of him are, are kind of much older but not much older you know if you, get what, if you get what i'm saying yes like so he's so young and he's like the people ahead of him may be gone when he's ready to start taking over yeah, maybe maybe so not it's possible you know i i think I, peter yan is only 29 you know he's he's a lot younger he, than he you might think. be gone you think he'll be gone he might be gone yan will be gone yan will be gone as <laughs> <laughs> this little bottle rattles next to you good job hitting that bottle there making noises um <laughs> But yeah, and the other thing with him too, and I think this is also going to help his potential chances of getting the title shot if he's in the mix, is they're very anxious to put uh, you know fighters in different markets that they can sell uh, into these shots. It's 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 obvious they've done this before. They did it with uh, Cyril Gan. Mm-hmm. You know they wanted that French market. So uh, Song Yadong, Song Yadong being uh, a Chinese fighter, you could see them certainly being okay putting him in that championship shot. Not necessarily unearned, but if it comes down to it, they're they're going to be more than okay putting someone like him in there. Mm. You know, it's just the way that the UFC tends to operate. But I think he would deserve it anyway. I think he is absolutely has that level of talent in him. Uh, maybe even to be the champ. Who knows? We'll see. Potentially the the first male Chinese champion. Yeah. So, but you know, fight, a fight like this, I don't think it's a big setback. You know. I don't really think it's a setback at all. No, I mean, obviously you got a giant cut there. That wasn't fun, but yeah. <laughs> what are you gonna do? And speaking of those cuts, actually, because that was that was the second of the giant like yeah. grotesque cuts that we had. It wasn't <laughs> even the worst of it because the one before it in uh, in Gregory Rodriguez win over Chidi Angelkawani that was that was intense. A little um, gross. Yeah, because the so the one over vein exposed. Yeah. <laughs> Nasty. You saw the pictures, right? The photos. Yeah. yeah. Oh, that was grotesque. I, I think what was it? Twitter was starting to like take people's photos down because really? of, yeah, I think wow. so. I saw some people getting the getting the warnings and everything like that. Um <laughs> too funny. But yeah, the the fascinating thing about that was that obviously Rodriguez cut was it was between his uh his eyes, right? It was like mm. it was almost like a unibrow cut. Yeah. It was very strange. 
place for a cut, but it was just, it was so separate. It was just a nasty, nasty cut from that knee. Very early knee he ate mm-hmm. from uh, Chidi and Jokowani. Mm-hmm. And it was funny thing, too, about that fight is I felt like it was, it started slow. Like, the first, yeah. like, 30 to 45 seconds was, like, I don't want to say painfully slow because it's only 45 seconds, right? But, like, almost nothing happens. And then all of a sudden that knee lands and they just wake up. It <laughs> was just like, oh, this is the bell now. Now yeah. we're in. Yeah, we so go. that was that was wild. <laughs> that, it, it was such a fun fight from then on. Um, that was a crazy knee. And, and of course, they almost stopped it. The doctor comes in. He looks at it. Mm-hmm. And, you know, he tells, uh, I forget which referee was in. I think it was Mark, Mark Smith. Smith. Mark Smith yeah. was on this one. Yeah, thank you. Um, Mark Smith, you know, keep an eye on it you could see marks like at throughout the round he's kind of like looking at him he's like scrutinizing it's like how's that cut how's that cut <laughs> in a way yeah, right I, I, if he doesn't stop him i don't know if if it makes it and i'll be honest i'm sitting there between rounds and i'm even saying like you gotta stop this this is a really bad cut like yeah. i thought this was a really terrible cut i think the doctor said not much not much of a leash here yeah i, I mean I, I think that was something. i'm honestly surprised so. they let it go and i i my wife happened to be in the room. New we York were just wouldn't talking have let it go. No, no, they definitely wouldn't have. And I, I look. If I was the doctor in that situation, I probably would have said, "No, we're going to wave this off." And you know what? It it gets really bad as he's in that finishing sequence. Like it yeah. just starts leaking. It does. It so does. It's like, it oh is, no! If he doesn't yeah. get it here, well, I don't know what's going to happen. Because it's in the vicinity of the so. eyes, and there's a lot of damage that can be done around that mm-hmm. area. Like obviously, the nerve is exposed. Like that's a dangerous thing, mm-hmm. right? You don't you don't want nerve damage. Yeah, so that's w- that's a lot of stuff you've got to really avoid. There was a tweet by some doctor who explained what we're actually looking at. Right. And he said that's a certain kind of vein on the right side, and. It's a very good thing that didn't rupture because it would have been a lot of blood. Yeah, that, so. and that's why I feel like it was almost the. I mean, obviously he was able to win and everything, right? Mm-hmm. I I still kind of maintain that it was kind of almost the wrong call to let it go. I think they they gave too much of a leash to both of these cuts uh, that we're talking about because the other one, of course, was over Song Yudong's eye, um, and and Song, you know, he's he's fighting through it. It it occurs in the second round, right? Yeah, that like up elbow from uh Corey Sandhagen and like when they were standing and it was kind of a, that was a weird angle that we had at the TV like you couldn't really see how well mm-hmm. it landed when you're watching on TV but I'll bet you some of the judges cage side probably had a much better view of how yeah. terrible that landed right except for maybe one who had a horrible view I'm I thought it was guess. up elbow hit him. that's what I'm saying did oh, I say yeah, yeah. did I not say I that I thought you said knee oh did I okay. uh, I'm, 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 I meant elbow sure. I apologize yeah. if I said that oh, okay. I'll take your word for it um yeah, I definitely meant elbow, but you might have said elbow. It's not, <laughs> tomato, tomato, yeah. El, elbow, tomato. Yeah. <laughs> um, but that fight got to go on, you know, through round two into round three, round three into round four. And then it was finally stopped before round five. I really thought, especially before round four, that they really should have just stopped it then. Who's the uh, who's the video game character that has like a red streak across his face diagonally? Are you you talking about Kratos? Possibly from God of War. Possibly, I'm not sure if it's him though. But there's like it's like a it's like a diagonal across his face of just red. It might be who you mean. That's that's what happened. Like out of nowhere, he was just standing there, and then all of a sudden, he just got this streak of red across his face yeah. in a diagonal direction. But the blood is like it's very heavily leaking around the eye, right? Mm-hmm. And and the same thing. The same doctor is giving that kind of like, hey, keep an eye on it. You know, really keep an eye on it. But like, man. I'm that doctor. I'm stopping each one like probably around before they would have, right? Because I think pro- there's a decent chance that that fight would have ended up being stopped. Well, maybe not. Mm-hmm. <laughs> We've seen the leashes that this, these guys get with this doctor. I'm okay. I don't want them to be too trigger happy. Or like New York is, you know, that's the good example of like, hey, maybe that's maybe a little too trigger happy, right? My my orthopedic is actually the New, the New Jersey 
uh, he works with the New Jersey Athletic Commission as ringside physician. Interesting. He trained with us, Dr. Uh, Robin. Oh, he was there? Not there. No, he wasn't there, but he works with New Jersey. For, oh. He he worked at Ring of Combat, not recently. I would I'm, I have to see him this week for my shoulder. I'm going to ask him if he saw the fights and what, what he would have done. Oh, okay. Yeah, that would be interesting. You can report yeah. back uh, for, for our next edition. Yeah. Let, him, let us know what he says. Mm. Um, but yeah, I, I, I didn't love the way he necessarily was saying it. I thought there was a little too, like letting it go too long because you know song was saying like he, he couldn't really see very well right mm-hmm. so if you can't see you can't fight so and and what happened in those last two rounds when he couldn't see as well he wasn't winning well, he, he lost both those yeah. rounds maybe i mean granted he was you know if you take the fight away from him he can't win anyway but i i didn't love it i, I would really like to have seen as especially rodriguez fight even though he did end up winning and, and all credit to him you know i didn't think he was incapable of fighting it was more just i was worried about that cut right yeah um and then song especially that one the fact that they ended up stopping for the cut anyway and honestly it just kept getting worse and worse like that really <laughs> did just get worse so i yeah. i wish it had been i wish it had been stopped after round three Okay. That's when I was. That's when I, I. I was okay with it before between round two and three, right? I'm not a doctor. I get that, but I feel like it could have been done a, a round sooner. Okay. You know, maybe avoided a little bit of extra damage to it. Mm. You know, but that's where I'm at. I don't know. What you, I don't know if you think I'm crazy or what. No, I just think you stayed at a Holiday Inn Express last night. <laughs> maybe I did. Maybe I did. <laughs> but what I didn't do at a Holiday Express last night is I did not watch the. Uh, Canelo Triple G fight. Okay. Yeah, me either. Yeah. I didn't watch it. I heard a lot of people believing that this was an extremely one-sided fight. Canelo winning probably nine or more rounds, and then it ended up being like, you know, very close unanimous decision for Canelo over Triple G. Okay. Um, <laughs> Of course, boxing judging just gets thrown to the wolves at that point. I, I didn't watch it. I can't speak authoritatively, and I don't know enough about boxing judging to go crazy on it. And I know well... That hey maybe there's a lot of things that people just don't realize about judging. So I I assume that there's some of that in boxing as well. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, like how can so many people think that a fight and this happens like constantly? Like wh- what are we watching? Like I don't know. I don't know. Either way, I'm not surprised in the result because I really thought that Triple G probably should have had this fight a few years ago if he was going to do it. But there was a clear avoidance of the fight from Canelo's side, right? And I think I, part, I, don't, I don't know. You don't even th- care about I, this, huh? To be honest, I don't. I don't think I've seen any of the three fights. You didn't. So. Oh, you're crazy, man! The first one was oh. really good. The second one was solid too. No, I, you should have watched those. You're not. You don't care about boxing at I all. I really. Huh? Mike Tyson left, and I left with it. All right, fair enough. I mean, I've I've seen a couple Floyd fights. I just doesn't. Really well, those aren't the fights to watch. If, if you're so. if you only care about like Mike Tyson style fights, then watching Floyd Mayweather was a bad decision. Well, and I liked I liked the Floyd personality originally. Sure, sure. Originally, I, I mean, kind of deteriorated, but all right. After he sucker, well, I guess it's not a sucker punch. You gotta protect yourself at all times. Uh, I don't remember who it was. That was probably the last one I might have watched. Protect yourself at all times, sir. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Let's move on though to uh, not boxing. We'll move on to contested rounds in the octagon. Mm-hmm. And we've got two split decisions here, so I think we're gonna lead with probably the more contentious of the two. Even though I think the right guy won, and I don't think anyone disagreed, but I think there was a lot of surprise, especially from Andre Feely here. He was not. Pleased with the he, fact that it was even a split decision. He was a little upset. He was. He was. I felt Philly got the win over Bill Algio. It was 29-28 all around, and it came down to round three. So, yeah. I mean, you were going to say something before. I was going to say, I, I want to give him the credit that he said, well, this is lack of a better word or lack of better able to express myself when he said what he said. Which was. Judge Chris Lee. Yeah, which was. 
he shouldn't be judging. Right. Yeah, that's not. So. Yeah, we don't. We certainly don't want to go there. That's right. not. That's not something that we uh, feel appropriate in saying ourselves. But yeah, what's happening in round three? Why are Why are we talking about this fight in particular as, well, as this thing? Right? Interesting round. Real kind of. Uh, Philly lands some good punches. He's snapping Algio's head around. A couple good body shots. Uh, kicks especially. Algio's landing some of his own, but Philly gets a takedown. Attacks a nice arm triangle. Pretty early too. Yep. Transitions to the back. Has the the Body triangle locked in. Really tight rear naked choke attempt here. Algio's able to fight off the first attempt, but, you know, Philly locks it up again, and it, it's really tight. It's like, I think this is going to end right here. Somehow, Algio escapes, but still on the back, body triangle locked in, and Algio starts throwing some punches. Punches, huh? Just throwing some punches. He's landing them all. Uh, Definitely not going to finish the fight. Uh, I guess decent enough, I suppose. I mean... I don't think they were effective. I think they were more annoying than anything. No damage. I don't. I don't like the score for for Algio here. I this is a ten nine feely for me. I don't feel very good about this one either. This one. This one feels kind of harder to defend. And I'm sure there's someone who could come up with a reason why. Okay, this makes some sense, right? But here's based on my understanding. I feel like you and I are kind of uh, of like mind here, right? Is that we're looking for you know immediate impact what is what's the most immediately impactful moments of this fight it's definitely those uh, the the submission attempts especially the choke uh the rear naked right mm-hmm. i think that's an extremely high spot and when you're looking at the punches that are being landed on the ground from algio who's punching from behind he does not have any hips into it because his body is under control right is he's got the body trying it's just an arm punch it's just arm punches like there's you're not going to knock him out, especially in round three. Like, this is the end of the fight. Like, you're not doing anything more than that. You're not cutting him open. It, it's not leaving, like, drastic physical damage on on uh, Andre Feely here. There's no reaction to him either. He's like, oh, he just punched me in the head. I mean, he's right. landed a lot of them. I, I, I grant that. But, like, this is that that more or less adds up to just scoring trying to score points like point fighting in a sense you know it's it's really just trying to like accumulate enough that it's like well he's done something we have to pay attention to I mean, he would have lost the position if these had any true effect on him he would have moved his head out of the way if these were anything other than just a a simple annoyance yeah i i definitely i can understand andre feely's frustrations here and and look he can feel any way he wants to right if he wants to it's not i don't think i don't agree with the idea of telling, saying people shouldn't be judging anymore because they're these men and women who judge are more than one round, right? But yeah, I mean, this—I don't think this is a good round from Chris Lee. I, I don't think this is a good round score from him. So Scott, unfortunately, I, I, I after I watched this round, I was still—I was watching football today. I was reclined fully back in my chair. Yeah, all right. And I was like, well, I'm in a similar position. Let me, <laughs> oh, let me, God. let okay. me punch yourself the, in the head, the back cushion. Oh, okay. And see how much I power I can generate. This is the most scientific thing I've ever heard. Go I, on. And I, I was like, I'm not really generating much. I, I, it probably really would just annoy the guy behind me. Bill Algio probably can punch better than you. He might be able to, but I, I also- you punch a lot better than you, sir. Here's the thing. I also got 90 pounds on the guy. So I, I'm not going to say he hits that much harder than me. I bet like, he hits a lot harder than you. I, I'm just going to say, for, from that, <laughs> with no hips, it's just his arm. Uh, I was trying to get everything into it, and it just, I couldn't get nothing on there. Well, sir- I don't think anyone's debating how little zip that anyone could get on it. That's true. But it's also the only, there's like one minute of that. There's four minutes of Feely winning that round. 
Yeah, so, there's a there's there's a good amount of that round that I feel like belonged to Andre Feely, and it just it this is not a very defensible score in my opinion. Um, but you know, if if there's a judge out there who wants to correct me and maybe provide an alternate explanation that helps me understand why this makes sense as an Algeo round, I mean, I'm open to it. But but as it stands, yeah, it's a good thing only one judge felt that way, right? This is mm-hmm. this is why we have three judges. You know, when we have these split decisions that look a little funky. We always have to remember, hey, we actually got two that got it right. Mm-hmm. You know, that's yeah. that's a good thing. But yeah, this is definitely one of the, I would say among the, the let's say the traveling judges, the, the, the top judges who tend, tend to work most of the UFC events, this is definitely one of the uh, scores that I find the, the least defensible uh, of the year. Yeah, it's up there. Yeah. But then, of course, you throw in maybe some little Texas action, and then it gets, it's a little different, right? <laughs> <laughs> Once we throw in Texas, all bets are off. So, but yeah, that not not great, not not good at all. To be perfectly honest, is my opinion. But the right guy won. Let's move on though to the other split decision because there's actually two rounds from this one, sir. And that was in the heavyweight fight. Uh, Rodrigo Nascimento got the win over Tanner Bozer, 30-27, 29-28, and then 29-28 for Bozer. So rounds one and two, obviously very pivotal rounds here. What is happening in round one? We'll start, of course, with round one. Yeah, he starts the round very good, uh, Bozer, that is. Uh, lands a couple solid shots to the head. Nascimento goes for a takedown pretty early. And almost nothing outside of just stay busy strikes. From guard, right? Chill He's in out, guard. Chill out in guard. He had like he had half guard for a minute, like working for like a, a Kimura or possible pass, but he never actually did. Got put back in guard and just right. chilled out there for a while. Uh, no no heavy, no attempts to pass once he's back in guard. No, no heavy ground and pound. Bowser gets back up. Land- Bowser. Bowser. Ba- Bowser's Mario's Bowser. nemesis. Sorry. Bowser <laughs> gets back up, lands a couple more punches and leg kicks. Then Nascimento lands a big right hand, wobbles Bowser a bit. It was a good punch. I don't think this is enough to overtake what Bowser's done. It's probably this is the best punch of the round for sure. But Bowser ends the round landing another good uh, good shot to the head. Uh, I'm on Bowser here, and it's not because his corner was uh, was playing to the judges trying to convince them of that. Yeah, I honestly I thought this was a pretty reasonably close round because you can you can see where it could go the other way, right? You can mm-hmm. you can see I totally see why this one is split. I understand this one. But I'm with you. I saw it uh for Bowser. I think the, yeah, the the overall the overall cumulative damage, right? Of of what he's doing, of what mm-hmm. Bowser's doing. It just gets a little past what what we have from Nascimento because it is basically just for Nascimento, it's really that punch and then I yeah I don't I don't grade the other stuff as heavily as I think what we were getting from the heavier strikes that were being landed from Bozer right and I think Bozer really it kind of takes until all the way till near the very end of the round for him to really take it back for me after that shot yeah for sure because I I think it was I was leaning to Nascimento until near the very end but then I ended up flipping you got you got Mark Smith saying hey I need something here mm-hmm. I mean Nascimento wasn't doing anything really, yeah, yeah so so yeah we're both on the uh, the Bozer train here. Same as Judge Doug Crosby, who was on his own for this one, uh, as opposed to Adelaide Bird and Janitro Camillo saw it for Nascimento. What does that mean for Judge Douglas Crosby? Couchside over. <laughs> Take your win, Doug. It's in the mail. Round two. Now we're at a little, a little different round, right? Yeah. Well, it's still an interesting round. Uh, on the feet, it's a pretty even early. Probably leaning Nascimento, but you know, then Bozer clips him and has him hurt. And after that, Nascimento wasn't walking through Bozer's punches anymore. And in the beginning of the, he was pretty stalled for a little bit. So 
in the beginning of the round when Boza would land, Nascimento, it wouldn't stop him at all. He just returned fire. Um, every time after this, you know, after this shot that he had him hurt, every land, Nascimento's taking a step back, not really returning. This is about midway through yeah, the round. Yeah, having to reset. I think it's definitely Bozer's round to this point, but then Nascimento gets a takedown, locks in a one-hook rear naked choke. I don't think the choke's all that great. Not enough to outweigh the striking anyway. Bozer's doing a lot of thumbs up. He's, so, not, he's not doing as much defending as he is doing thumbs up, though. <laughs> I know. I, Which is not great. Yeah, I think uh, Agapova loading that earlier. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> great defense there. Uh, from here, Nascimento's unable to pass or, or do anything of, of any substance or anything effective. I think it's 10-9 Bozer. Yeah, I also went for Bozer here. I, I think, yeah, you got to you gotta give the power to win when he was able to kind of stop him in his tracks for a little bit and force mm-hmm. Nascimento to kind of reset. You could tell just how, I don't know how badly hurt he was, but it was enough to kind of rattle him, right? Yeah. But Keep, throw him off and and totally stop the offense for just mm-hmm. a little while. And I think that was the most, uh, that was the highest point of the round. Mm-hmm. It, it's close enough that I can see why this was split and why Judge Camillo saw it for Nascimento, but I, I saw it for... Uh, for Bozer, just like uh, just like you did, right? Yeah, but I'm, I'm saying you can see the total turning of this round mm-hmm. because Nascimento's walking through punches, and after he gets hurt, every punch after that, he's taking a step back as well. Sure, sure. So it, it's I think so. I think probably Bozer is the better score. That's how I feel. Yeah. It's the better score, but that I I can understand the defense uh, that might come from a Nascimento. I mean, if you thought round, that rear yeah. naked choke was good, yeah. So that and and again, I, I think there was there was some decent success that Nascimento had early. I mm-hmm. think there was probably I want to say yeah, like yeah. the first minute ish. I think Nascimento was actually winning. I had I had Nascimento yeah. winning the striking until he yeah gets clipped. exactly so, that's what I mean. I, yeah. I think there's there's reasons that you could say okay maybe it makes some sense, but yeah I feel better with Bozer here. Um, and again, it was judges Crosby and Bird who saw it that way. So both you and I saw the fight exactly the same as Doug Crosby as a Bozer mm-hmm. victory, but. Didn't go that way, understandably. It, it happens. Unfortunately, Tanner Bozer's been in some of these fights before. He's he's kind of been in some of these close heavyweight fights that just don't go, and that's tough too because he's not. We're not seeing heavyweight fights that are just like you know, oh, not enough action going on. This one in particular, there there was enough action, right? It just ended up being close. Sometimes mm-hmm. that happens. Yeah, it's just the way it was. Uh, tough break, but didn't go his way. Let's go back to uh, Sanhagen and, and Song though. Because there was that round that was split, like we mentioned, right? Right. Round two uh, of this fight. And again, so it's round one went to Song. Uh, rounds three and four went to Sanhagen. So round two is the round where we had that elbow we discussed. What mm-hmm. else is happening in round two? And why are we talking about this as a split? Song's landed some heavy shots to the head. He's throwing all his power, it seems like, to be honest. Uh, Sanhagen gets rocked a bit. Gets backed all the way against the fence. A little bit on ice skates for a second. Uh, I think some... Song seems to be decently ahead at this point. Sanhagen, of course, he's returning fire. I just don't think he's as effective. He keeps trying that jumping knee. Song sees it coming a mile away. Uh, But then, as we know, he lands that nice up elbow, slices the uh, eyebrow of Song, and it's a nasty cut. And it's leaking. It's very bloody. (laughs) And uh, this seemed to shut Song down for a while. And then I think that final 45 seconds, maybe a minute, Song... Starts to find his offense a bit again, and this is where I think he took it. Uh, it's close. I'm on song though, ten nine. Would before I say where I go, would you say that this round, the way you score it, almost like surely has to come down to how you scored the damage off of that elbow? Uh, maybe. I mean, it's a great, it's, it's a huge damage. 
I feel like the, so, it really just comes down to how much. Maybe this is just the way it came down for me, right? It came down to how well you graded the the damage from that elbow compared to everything else in the round, right? Because it, it's not it's not solely that, right? It's not, it mm-hmm. can't solely be that one thing. But I did go for Sandhagen here, mm-hmm. and the reason being, I think the the immediate impact of that elbow was just to such a high degree in, in and not not only high I I want I don't want to do hindsight being twenty twenty right like we know it that this really was the turn if you know like Dan if if mm-hmm. you could go back and yeah. account for what happened like you would most definitely give this to Sanhagen right you'd have to because it's the fight that it's the strike that ended up ending the fight basically well hindsight high, high being twenty we we don't score it this way but it just it, the it, way the way here. it plays out is song smiles at him he's his he's still with it in his head i weighed the strike yeah, but the smiling is usually like so, yeah you got you, me you got me but that's but my point is he wasn't rocked he didn't no, he didn't not. lose he didn't lose motor skills i guess sure the way sanhagen was a little shaky on his legs after he got hit those are the strikes i find more close to finishing than i find one that cuts somebody but I, I see, I'm, I fundamentally disagree with you on there, to be honest. And, and the reason being, it's, it really comes down to when you're trying to score those, those rounds and, these, uh, and the impact and the damage and that kind of thing is fight-ending damage, right? This is inarguably fight-ending damage as we see it play out, right? This, the, the placement of Eventually. this cut. Yes, but the placement of this cut is over the eye. And that, anything like that, I feel like, has to be graded more immediately and, and immediate impact and high impact. I, a guy that can't defend himself because he's hurt. Compared to someone that gets cut, but they're still fighting. I didn't necessarily think that Sanhagen was drastically. I know he was backed up. I get that, right? But like, he seemed very in it still. He was wobbled. His equilibrium's off, and that I I I favor that. But there wasn't really that the ability to follow up from there, right? Like we didn't. You didn't see him under duress from that point. He recovered on. He quick. A, yeah, and that's fine. So no, I, I yeah, I, I think I just I I believe that that cut needs to be weighed. Just as heavily as cuts, as cuts kind are of weighed heavy. It was but, weighed heavy. It's a close round. Not, I, but I understand why you'd go that way. I'm not. I'm not necessarily telling you you're wrong. I'm. I'm. I'm not trying to go there. That's not what I'm trying to do. But what I'm saying is, I think you have to weigh that cut more heavily. Not you specifically, but like in general, I think you have to weigh that cut quite heavily because it of the the way it affects the fighter. It limits the fighter. It's it's over his eye. It's 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 not even just like a cut. It's bleeding all over. You know, that's like, that's a big deal. Yeah, it's a big moment of a fight. But it's it's just a, at that moment, it's just a cut. It's going to open up more the more it gets hit. It was pretty open already, dude. And Within, I, that, within that five minute period. He shuts down, but then he regains it. And I, like I said, that final minute, 45 seconds, mm-hmm. Song starts his offense again. And that's where he takes it from me. All right, fair enough. Yeah, we're obviously we agreed. We just have to agree to disagree on this one. But that's that's where I stand. You, that's where you stand. That's okay. Um, I saw it the same way as Chris Lee. Who, granted, we we already said we didn't love a, a Chris Lee score. I'm with him on this one. I think he I think he nailed this one. I think that's fantastic from Chris Lee. So, uh, not again. I can understand what you're saying, and that's probably what uh, judges Saldamato and Derek Cleary are saying. You're you're in the majority here, right? So I get it. But uh, yeah, I, I don't know. I, I would love to hear from a judge, especially on this one. This is this is one that I definitely want. Uh, if anyone would be willing to reach out and kind of give me, you know, point my compass in a direction on how judges really ought to be looking at this particular round. I think this is an interesting round. It's a, you know what's you know what I also I also like the elbow, the second elbow 
Not the one that causes Sydney. the cut. Not the one that caused the cut. The, the second one against the fence right before they break the clinch. Okay. Uh, it's like a brain rattler. Yeah. And I'm like, okay, that's that's a solid strike there. Sure. No, and one of so, them most definitely does more to, let's say, the brain and the motor function like mm-hmm. you're talking about. And the other one does more to, honestly, <laughs> like it, it literally does end the fight. That strike is what ends the fight. It just took two rounds. So, yeah. So it's cumulative. Well, and not immediate. Late, later, in it's that cumulative. Way. But no, later, it's cumulative. <laughs> In in the in the moment it happens, it's immediate. I did yeah. see. I saw immediate. If it doesn't bleed the way it does later in that round, I probably don't even go that way. But I think that just the nature of the way it was bleeding all over his eye, it's like, oh, you could tell this is a bad one. It's actually gonna like start limiting his vision and that yeah. kind of thing. Um, That's why the Diaz lost all those fights. Well, his yeah. Anyway. We can move on from this one. We, we've agreed to disagree, I think, and uh, and he and I will fight it out later because we're never going to do a show again. It's not just <laughs> the Panthers and Giants. It is this round that's going to split us apart. Uh, so why don't we finish up before we, we kill ourselves here? Yeah. Uh, move on to these these rounds, I think, are less contentious, I would have to think, right? At least they, they're less impactful on the way the, the fights yeah. play out, right, is more what I guess I mean. Uh, let's start with Trey Ogden's victory over Daniel uh, Zellhuber. He got the unanimous uh, decision. Victory is a big underdog. 30-27 twice in a 29-28. It was round two that we are split on. And why are we split on uh, this round? I thought this was a very close round. Uh, both guys gave us a lot to score here. Both guys are throwing all strikes to all targets. Leg kicks, body kicks, body punches, headshots. At a pretty good pace. I, I think early Zell Huber is landing the better strikes, a better reaction. Uh, the demarcation point for me is the brief stop for the eye poke. After that, Ogden seemed to edge the striking a bit more for me. Seemed he'd landed a little stronger than he'd, uh, I guess, the back take at the end, around, which pretty much solidified it for me at that point. But if you have Zell Huber ahead enough and cage side, you might see it that way. That ending grappling sequence may not be enough to overtake. So no real issue either way. But I'm on 10-9 Ogden. Yeah, this feels like a round that probably just, it's where you're sitting in the cage. Mm-hmm. You know, one of, whether you're sitting in uh, Doug Crosby's seat, Janitro Camillo's seat, or Chris Lee, it's, it's kind of just a POV kind of thing. Um, and, I, and I'm okay with that. This is this is a very close round. I had it for, for Ogden, just as you did. Uh, Judges Crosby and Camillo saw it the same way. It was uh, Lee was on his own for this one. And yeah, I don't, I don't have any issue with it whatsoever. And ultimately, it, mm-hmm. it doesn't matter because yeah. Trey Ogden is definitely winning this fight. And again, as a big underdog, so good for him in uh, in showing that he's he's not just a, a throwaway opponent for this newbie, mm-hmm. right? Good on him. We can move on to uh, Loma Lukbami. Got the unanimous win, also 30-27 twice in the tournament twenty eight over uh, Denise uh, Gomez, right? Yep. Round three is, uh, you know, Lukbami is already up two rounds at this point. It's kind of, it doesn't matter unless Gomez is able to finish this fight but what's happening around yeah gomes knows she needs a finish she Mm -hmm. comes out swinging like she needs a finish she lands like a a nice three-piece combo backing luke balmy against the fence three-piece but no soda then well the soda's coming (laughs) uh she lands a huge spinning back elbow uh which then turns into luke balmy getting a headlock takedown which we tend to see in these these fights uh it's like the the woman's takedown. It's it's the Ronda Rousey takedown. Yeah. It, we just, saw it a lot from Ronda Rousey, and I feel like a lot of women watched a lot of Ronda yeah. Rousey fights and then just, just kept it, because it's it's one of those things I think is ultimately going to die out, right? Because it's just it's not that effective. You get your back taken too easily. So she gets caught on a heel hook after that. It's not that deep, but a decent attack, and then has her back taken. Body triangle locked in for like two and a half minutes. She's landing some punches, attacking some chokes, nothing getting that close. 
Um, and then she attacks an armbar, I want to say half-heartedly, uh, and probably a bad decision. As Lakbami reverses, gets on top, lands some ground and pound. It definitely closes the gap. I don't think it overtakes because Gomes is also landing her own elbows in this position. I don't think Lakbami was landing great shots, but, you know, Sal D'Amato's right there, so he knows how impactful these are. My view didn't seem more impactful than what Gomes was returning in the position. Also, the beginning sequence uh, is for Gomes, so I'm on 10-9 Gomes. And I went the other way, and I'll tell you, I am th- I am absolutely not surprised that we were split on this one. I- I'm just not. I As I was, like, putting my score down, I'm like, man, I don't, maybe I'm not giving as enough value to the grappling here or not, but I do feel like ultimately the, the impact from the strikes is what overtook it, and I didn't think some of those uh, sub-attempts were necessarily as close as you saw. Um, but- I didn't think they were that great. What's that? They weren't that great. Yeah, no, they weren't. And and I think probably I just ended up downplaying them to a greater degree that you did is, is what it came down to. So, yeah, I I saw this one for Look by Me and I'm not surprised you went the other way, but I can understand it completely. All right. Yeah, we won't be we won't be ending the show over this one. We're ending it over the other one. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Very just for the record, it was not this round. It was the other round. <laughs> uh <laughs> in the postmortem of our show, right? Uh last round here is uh, Trevin Giles. He got again a unanimous decision win. Uh, really crummy fight, <laughs> just not not, a, not an entertaining fight uh, over over Luis Cosi. 29-28 twice and a thirty twenty seven. So this one also was round three. What happened here? Well, see, this is I really don't know why we're talking about this round, but I know why because uh, it was split. Well, yeah, but oh, okay. I'm saying, should we really be talking about this <laughs> round? Uh, is it, it worth our time? It's it's <laughs> it was the bottom of the. Uh, of the list for yeah. I, I thought it, it would get higher billing to be honest because I think I don't know if that many people were upset about it but I really don't see an argument for Giles. Uh, granted, Koshi is holding position when he's on top, but he got a takedown almost immediately and he was there for a while. Attacks a solid Von Flu choke. Uh, Giles able that was to, a good one. You're right, and he he's on top here, but he's just not doing anything. He's just holding on to position. Get back up in the final minute and lands a couple knees to the thighs while holding a body lock. I mean, there's nothing else in this round. Koski didn't do much at all with his position, but he was Kosi. more. Koshi. Terrible tattoos, by the way. <laughs> uh, didn't do much at all with his position, but he was more effective because in the Von choke is really why. I think the Von so, choke almost definitely swayed it for me. So, like. Because it's almost like the only thing that really happens in the fight. Mm-hmm. Or, excuse me, in the five minute period, right? Yeah. Yeah, so you know you had it for Cozy, right? Yep, I had it for Cozy. I I think this is almost a no brainer too. I this is I don't think this is the greatest score either from uh, mm-hmm. Anthony Manis giving this one to Giles. Is it, did he just think that not enough happened on the ground? Did he not? I mean, I I'm I don't want to sit here and insult the man's intelligence with uh, the martial arts and mixed martial arts. I, I assume he knows a Vlon flu choke when he sees one, mm-hmm. but I feel like the Von flu is really the only thing that happens. Like you. You don't have anything from Giles except for those knees. Is there anything else? Like, is no. there something I'm missing, or is there something you didn't go I, over? I don't think so. Yeah, I don't. I don't think you can win that round with those knees. I think you. I think you can win the round with that that Vlon flu that was. It was almost kind of in there, right? Yeah. It was tough for him to get out too. He was like, he's trying to he get his it. arm extricated. He can't. It's he trapped. Could, it was like, actually like pretty good. Gloves were prevented. Yeah. So, yeah. It was. It yeah. was really nice. I I actually give a lot of credit to Kosi there. So yeah, I'm surprised at this one. This is not the greatest score from Anthony Manis either. Um, who unfortunately Anthony Manis often is is an out judge. His his numbers uh, when you go on the data, and I'll present that later in the year. Right, he doesn't quite have a hundred um, rounds in the books for the for, uh, working UFC fights, as I like to measure before I, we're talking about like you know judges and how they how they're mm-hmm. doing. Right, but he's got a lot of uh, times as the out, like way more 
in general than most of the other judges. So usually I don't think we're we're kind of down on the rounds. Like mm-hmm. I think they're they're usually pretty understandable. But this one, yeah, I think this is this is a tough one. Mm-hmm. I don't really see an argument for it. All right, and that is unfortunate. But that is it for uh, for contested rounds. We've got our seven finishes, same as last week. A couple more uh, TKOs than, than than last week. It was five KO or TKO. And uh, and two submissions, both technical decisions, by the way. Or technical submissions, mm-hmm. excuse me. Uh, and then three fights ended in round one. Which of the seven was your favorite? Uh, Anthony Hernandez, arm triangle. Mm-hmm. Mark Andre Barrio. This was just a complete performance from Anthony Hernandez. And I think Barrio, I actually think Barrio is a pretty solid fighter, too. So this was like, yeah. a, I thought this was a really solid feather mm-hmm. in his cap for, for someone who's not fighting necessarily yeah. the top 15, right? I think this was a decent win. Yeah, this was this was solid. Mm-hmm. What about you? Chili Robertson, man. Uh, <laughs> coming back uh, coming back off of that, you know, she, uh, Maria Agapova, she had a fantastic first round. Yeah. Like, landing all of these elbows to mm-hmm. the head. And you didn't necessarily, I didn't see any point in the first round where Robertson was like, Oh man, I think she might get finished. She mm-hmm. was just getting beat to heck, yeah. right? Her head just absorbing yep. a lot of impact and wasn't good. Um, Where's but if damage. you but if you told me before this fight, like Scott, you got to bet your house on something, and you got to bet the result, not just the winner. I would have said Jillian Roberts by submission. So, oh, I actually, right. yeah, I really felt good about well, that yeah. one. I actually thought this was going to happen. She's got just a fantastic ground game. Uh, and we started to see in round two, like when she was able to get down there, and well, you saw it near the end of round one. But in round two, when she got it into her world, it was like, okay, Maria Agapova's in trouble. And she gets the choke in, the rear naked. And I guess Agapova's tongue is stuck, right? And she's got a mouthpiece? It's, is it's, that what it was? I, I, I know. Was she, it a Jim she Miller was, situation? She was biting her tongue, but she also wasn't defending at all. She was pulling the, I'm just going to. And she's like frothing at the out. mouth. And it was, it was a really weird scene, right? And then she goes out. It was also weird that when she got choked out, she went stiff, like. Yeah, her head was still like up. It wasn't like just completely limp. Yeah, I don't know. Weird, weird things happen, right? I mean, that you gotta defend your your neck. That they there was a there's a little known um, musical group known as the Wu Tang. Yeah, and they (laughs) they are maybe some people know of it. It's a song called "Protect Your Neck." Yeah, and she should listen to this one. Someone should send her. Maybe the Wu Tang. Yeah, listen to Dan Tom. It's Protect Neck Podcast. Yes, there indeed. Always listen to Dan Tom, friend of our show. Shout out to Dan. Um, but that's it. That's it for UFC. I think we're done. There's no UFC next weekend, sir. There isn't. Oh we're no, not- there there is this week though. We got Contender Series Tuesday. Uh, this, that's not UFC. That's Dana White Contender Series. Under it's the not U- the same. There's still UFC. It's not. It's Don't to care. get into the UFC. No, no, no. It's a fun night. Yeah, 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 that's fine. Is is Bo Nickel this week or is he next, next week? Next week. Okay. Man, whatever. I don't care. Um, not gonna watch. It's a solid opponent. Seven and one. For who? Bo Nickel? Yeah. Oh, okay. It's a guy with actual decent experience. Oh, okay. It's not a body this time. No. Not a warm body? No. Well, that's good. You think he'll be ready for the UFC? He just doesn't look UFC level talent. We gotta throw him in like seven more contender series fights before he's actually UFC level, right? Well the way they're giving out contracts now, it's like I, I like all the people who fought on especially the one kid from Long Island who fought on week one should be so upset that, that he didn't get a contract. He should be like beating down the door, like, why am I getting lumped in? I actually had a you know, a fun fight and now you're just handing out contracts like candy. Yeah. 
And also this so, pa- this past event, this past weekend's event had I think they said thirteen contender series alums. Wow. That was like that set a record. Well, Joe Pfeiffer was from this series. He had a good finish too. At some yeah, be Joe Pfeiffer, right? Yeah. And, and you know what? Amazing for him. Like I didn't know much about his story to be perfectly yeah. honest, and and you know to hear that he had had some real troubles in his life and mm-hmm. was able to overcome that. That that was really nice. Also, Dana White paying for his home. Is that what he said, or is was Did he just he alluding to the fact? I that know he, he was. Home- I know he was homeless. Yeah, but uh, or he was he, said he, he was, gave he him was a home in between homes. Okay, maybe I don't know if it was that Dana actually paid for this, so the UFC paid for this, or if it was more of like a well, they they gave him they an, gave him money, the they opportunity to earn it, the yeah. money to do that. I don't know. I don't it, know. The way it was phrased was like, "Wait a minute, what? You guys are getting housing? <laughs> you don't have, you don't have medical plans? <laughs> How do you get housing? <laughs> I mean, good for him. That was that was really nice to hear that story, but. Yeah, at some point we're gonna just have like twenty six former contender series alumni on it, and it's gonna be like, well, at what point is this just another contender series event? These fight nights. Um, well, yeah, if they're all fighting each other. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't know. I just want the fighters to get paid more, and they get paid less when they're on contender series. <laughs> oh well. But yeah, no, no UFC proper. There's no UFC yeah. Saturday. There's no UFC Friday even or Sunday, which we haven't had any of those in a long time, right? There is a Friday Bellator, which I know is not your favorite, but we're going to talk about it anyway. Sorry. It is in uh, it's in Ireland, which means for us over in the United States, it's more like an afternoon evening event, which is not so bad, right? I won't be around. Yeah, you're, you're... I'll be in Yankee Stadium watching Aaron Judge hit is... probably like 64. Si- home maybe run. 62. Maybe. Yeah. I'll predict that he's going to hit 62 for you, sir. I'll be in this. I'll be in the stadium three times this week. So, okay. Did, was this purposeful? Not or? purposeful. No, it just worked out that way. Okay, all My right. Good for you. Uh, Tuesday, Friday, and a friend asked me to go Wednesday. Right. So I'm like, all right. No one ever asked me to go to a Yankee game. <laughs> well, even my fam- my own family went to a Yankee game without <laughs> me this year. <laughs> I was like, what the heck? What do uh, I have to do to get invited to a Yankee game? Not be a Marlin fan, I guess. F you. <laughs> <laughs> All, All right. right, tell me now, about Bellator. We're definitely not going to yeah. have another show. This is the end. Tell me about Bellator. <laughs> uh, it's uh, Peter Queeley is headlining against Benson Henderson at 155 pounds. Que- the the fans in Ireland love Queeley. Uh, when he comes out, he's a zombie guy. Yeah, he comes out to okay. zombie. Um, which I didn't honestly. I actually didn't really know a lot about that song. I I didn't realize that it, it had a lot to do with like you know IRA bombings and victims and that kind of thing. So it makes a lot of sense now why that is like a big song over there. I just I didn't understand the back the backstory behind it. So that was fascinating. Um, but yeah, this I, I think it's a solid fight between uh, Queeley and Benson Henderson. All right. I, I think it's worth. I think it's this is a fight that absolutely is worth watching. I don't. Well, I guess we have, I have to double to ch- talk about next week. So we'll, uh, we'll break this card down. I suppose. I mean, we could. Right. We could. I would. I would say probably maybe we could cherry pick rounds if we want because you're you're not going to be around mm. anyway. So like, am mm. I? Am, are you going to get mad at me like you tend to do when I say, "Hey, we should watch this fight from Bellator from our not cards"? If, not if I don't have to watch UFC rounds either. Oh, okay. Like, All right. I'm making sure. I, I just don't like when there's work <laughs> added to the play. Fair enough. Fair enough. Yeah. Who wants to work hard for a show, right? To entertain her. And mm. no, he doesn't like you guys. I like you, <laughs> the listener. Dan hates you. This Just don't false. forget it. This don't forget false. it. Like I said, we're never going to have a show again. So everything is <laughs> hypothetical anyway, right? <laughs> uh, this is, of course, like I said, it's in Ireland. I expect there will be the UK judges uh, out there, probably, you know, the likes of Ben Cartledge and, and Mark Collette and, and those folks, you know, David Leatherby, Paul mm-hmm. Sutherland, maybe some mix of that kind of thing, right? Yeah. Uh, Howard Hughes. And I think they tend to get usually there's one or two judges from Ireland proper. That tend to work the events there as well. So maybe Sheehan will be in the mix. Maybe Sean Sheehan's gonna be judging. Yeah. <laughs> Put him in the chair. Let's see Shawnee in the chair. I wanna see how he does. I think he would do pretty well. I I, yeah, I, I really so do. Too. I think he would do a fantastic job. Um 
But that would make it very hard for him to to have his show where he gets to talk about that kind of thing. Yeah. Right? Does make it a little challenging. Um, another fight to watch. You know, I think honestly, I think the 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 whole main card is pretty reasonably solid. But I mean, Yoel Romero, Yoel Romero, I can't talk tonight against Melvin Manhoff. This is at two hundred five, so the cut is not as severe as it might have been when they were fighting at middleweight, right? I mean, the potential for violence is is extreme. When are they going to stop this? Stop what? 46 and 45. Come on, guys. You know what? This isn't Ken. This is Ken Shamrock, Hoist Gracie, Kimbo, Dada 5000. This is that level, this stuff. Look, if you want to say that about Melvin Manhoff, okay, Melvin Manhoff has not necessarily been at the highest level, right? Let me ask you this. If Yoel Romero is in the UFC right now, what level do you think he's at? Do you think he's top five? At middleweight. At middleweight, of course. Yeah. Yeah. And now we're just saying- which is something you like, he is not cutting as much weight. Who cares? This well, is fun. It's a, it's just, I don't like these matchups. That's, well, this is another thing about Bellator. You are anti-fun. It's not It's not fun. I think I think this could be fun. Put him another, put him a good matchup. Yo, I think this matchup. is a good matchup. Right. I think it's also got potential to be a total staring contest and totally fall aye, on his aye, face. Aye. There's, there's like a 30% chance that this is one of the worst fights ever, and then there's like a 70% chance that it's going to really entertain. That's how I feel. I need to... Is Bader fighting anybody? Yo Brian Bader? Bader would be fun. Well, maybe if Yoel Romero wins this fight. But like he also just lost to uh, um, Phil Davis. Not in his last fight, but the fight before it. So it was a little so. bit of a setback. But he's got to he's got to win fights to get there, right? Sure. When I talked to him last fight, he last week, he's he definitely wants to chase championships. So like this is something he wants to do. But... Well, well, this isn't the step towards it. I don't think it necessarily matters in Bellator as much. They have rankings and everything, but realistically, like... Yeah, you know, they want to put that fight together. It's not that hard to put together, you know. One or a win or two, and he can get there. Okay. So, man, just tune in for the fight. Like it's your Mario. He, he the potential for a third round finish. I'll tune in at the third round. <laughs> yeah, don't watch the first two rounds. Yeah. Just ignore them. Go to sleep. <laughs> set your alarm. And once the third round starts, be like, all right, I'm locked in. I know we're gonna get the finish. His last seven finishes have come in the third round. Yes. I'll when he finishes a fight, it's the third round. How bizarre is that, though? This goes all the way back like almost ten years. It's insane how ridiculous he is able to just get that in the third round. And even even against Robert Whitaker in that fight that, you know, depending on the, if we were able to do, let's say, CSJ scoring. Yeah. He probably wins that fight. And it's because things started to turn, I want to say, in the third round. He almost was able to mm. get the finish in the third round, if I remember correctly. All right. So, but I, th- I think it'll be a reasonably uh, entertaining fight. You know, you're not going to watch it live. I'll watch it live. Um, when are you, when just... you going to take me to a Yankee game? For real. You never invite know. me. When do you want to go? Never invited me. Well, you're always working, number one. Tuesday and Wednesdays, I'm off. Um, Probably next season. Maybe next season. Yeah. Yeah. Kick the can down the road. <laughs> I see how it is. Yeah, we're done. Our friendship's <laughs> over. The show's over. <laughs> Hope you guys enjoyed this show, because it's the end. <laughs> All right, that does it for this episode, possibly the final episode. I've already stoned off. <laughs> we'll be back again Monday. Break down Bellator. See ya. Thanks for listening. Have a good night.